ghost sighting in 30 years. New York in the 80s? It's like The Walking Dead. What exactly is happening here? Egon came out here for a reason. We need to finish what our grandfather started. That's not good. Something's coming. What is that? Welcome back, everybody, to the Cinemasters of the Universe podcast. It's me, your host to the left, Ron Avis, the Rental King. And today we are going to be talking about Ghostbusters Afterlife. And of course, I can't talk about any movie without my usual co-host of the North, the one who's always ready to answer the call, Mr. Adam Peterson. Back off, man. I'm a scientist. <laughs> Adam, man, we've been so excited for this thing. I never, ever thought. I was beginning to think that this movie didn't exist, and then we were never going to get it. It, and it was a farce. It was a, <laughs> it's just like a fever dream. And uh, we just it may come out, it may not. Sony was just playing games with us. They're just, just toying just with our Out hearts. of the blue that they were talking about making it when we got that little tease of Ecto and the flap you're like i didn't even know they were making a movie they're like this isn't real right i thought it was a joke like it was kind of a prank just like as as quickly as it came they're going to yank the, the rug out from underneath of us and we're not actually going to have ghostbusters afterlife uh but we saw it we actually saw this thing we did and we have we have an all-star cast of podcasters of we really cinemasters do to talk about this movie, and I couldn't be more excited to bring in a couple of those other Cinemasters, uh, beginning with uh, my co-host of the other show that I'm associated with uh, from the Big Geek Podcast, uh, the Prince of Pixels, Nick Wright. How's it going, Nick? Hey, very well. Thanks for having me. No problem. I couldn't have a Ghostbusters anything without including you, sir, because you are the biggest Ghostbusters fan. Maybe I know. (laughs) Uh, You... You've made me a bigger Ghostbusters fan, and when I found out that Adam was like a huge Ghostbusters fan too, it was just like, wow, we got to get the three of us together to talk about this movie. Absolutely. And making his podcasting debut, his worldwide debut, you may remember him from also from the old Big Geek podcast days when we used to do videos together of gameplay. Uh, you may also know him from his channel, Logan Plays Video Games, on on Twitch, YouTube, whatever. Logan Avis, my son. What's up, buddy? Hi, I'm glad to be here. Very happy to have you here. And uh, th- this was unexpected. You you just, I told you that we were going to be doing this show, and it was we're recording during the day, and you were like, can I do it? And I was like, I don't see why not. <laughs> You've seen the movie. I mean, it's been, like, it's just... Seems like such a big moment. I was like, I, I got to be into this. Well, I'm happy to have you. And there, so we got four people on this this discussion about this movie, uh, Ghostbusters Afterlife. Well, let's do a little bit of um, housekeeping first to get started. Uh, release this this November. Was it November 19th, guys, I think? Uh, when it finally came 19th, out. 19th, that sounds right, yeah. 
Yes. Yeah, yeah. Of this year, uh, the movie, I think, was done and in the can and ready to be released last year. But, mm-hmm. you know, things happen. Pandemics occur and movies get pushed back as they do. A lot of, a lot of movies got pushed back. Uh, 124-minute runtime. Uh, Rotten Tomatoes, 63, which seems a little bit low if you ask me. But amazingly, the audience score is a very high 95% on Rotten Tomatoes. Like, big difference there in scores. Uh, budget of $75 million. Uh, which is very modest for a movie of this of of, of this nature. Oh yeah, uh, and I think part of that is because it was filmed in Canada. They kept it. They had to have kept the budget down due to the uh, disappointing uh, numbers from the 2016 Ghostbuster movies. Answer the call, which did good business technically, uh, but it cost so much money they they lost a ton in the long run. Yeah, so production even budget though, alone was about double of this. It was. It was. Uh, this movie, to date, I believe, domestically has grossed $91 million, and Worldwide is somewhere over $100 million. You, Adam, you're probably a little more up to date with, with figures. Have you heard anything more than $91 million at this point? Uh, I think, I think the, the last I had checked, uh, yeah, because I, um, I knew that they were extremely optimistic because I think from uh, the first week to the second week, uh, there was only, what, I want to say a 43% drop in uh, – uh, in the box office, which was that's pretty good. That yeah. was pretty good, yeah. Especially, especially given all the the conditions. And I think because I want to say you know, Ghostbusters: Answer the Call had a, more like a fifty six percent drop off. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, they um, from everything that I've been reading, um, you know, they they haven't come right out and greenlit a sequel yet. But everybody's been really, really positive about the talk um, mm-hmm. about how this one's performing. And I think when we see digital, um, when it comes to you know people digitally renting and purchasing, and then once we do get to that last stage with the physical uh, DVDs and Blu-rays, I think I think they'll more than make up their production budget and really see a decent uh, decent little profit on this one. I think if they can greenlight a Dune movie after its okay numbers, and I you know what I, I this is apples and oranges I know because like I figure they probably. You know, they knew all along they were going to do two movies, kind of like a Lord of the Rings situation. Like, they probably, it's not going to be too much for them to go back in and, and you know, make the rest, make Dune 2. Uh, but, I mean, yeah, that's that's good news. I'm glad to hear that. I, I kind of gotten a similar vibe just reading things that I've read. Uh, $44 million opening. That's pretty respectable for pandemic times. And uh, it really doesn't have anything to go against it except that uh, there's that Disney movie that uh, Lynn uh, Encanto, Miranda, yeah, Encanto. That, that I think that's the only thing that's really playing a, against it, and I think they're both doing well. So that's yeah. kind of cool that there's Se- second weekend that was uh, Encanto came in first. That was its opening weekend, and Ghostbusters was was second to that. But a strong second, right? Not like yeah, a, no, and yeah, because and, and that was one of the things to always. You know, I know we uh, we don't have a lot of great things to say about uh, the global uh, take on these because America. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but one of the things to remember, especially with Ghostbusters, is uh, Ghostbusters never has none of the installments have seen China money, which is a huge, huge uh, factor in a lot of the big uh, big movies nowadays. Is that China money is where uh, globally they make a, a ton of cash. So. For Ghostbusters to not even be released in China 
and to right. see any of that money globally and to do as well as it is, again, just says more great things about the movie. They're not ready to answer the call on China for sure. No, they're, anything they're, ghost they're related, they're, they are yeah, afraid um, of ghosts. <laughs> if and I, I just hate to, I, I don't like when movies release a film with the China box office in mind. It, I feel like it. I don't want to say it taints the the product for us, but I don't also. If you look at a movie like Transformers Four, which made over a billion dollars, that movie was not good, and it for sure catered a bit to like the Chinese box office and I'm not saying like totally catered but you know just just a different situation like th- this movie's being propped up by US box office North American box office yeah. and, and a little bit of European it's, it's doing okay I think but if the budget's small enough uh, it that's okay as long as they're making money I mean if the budget's 600 million and you make a billion you really are you making any money that's kind of the way you gotta look at it yeah exactly Directed by Jason Reitman, who is also uh, the man behind Juno from 2007. Uh, thank you for smoking up in the air. He He's kind of a guy who's more known for smaller, uh, quirky comedies, it seems like. He's an uh, indie but guy. He is a, he's an indie guy, but he is also the son of Ivan Reitman, who, of course, is you know one of the main creators of the first two Ghostbusters movies. Uh, and he was also the kid who was in Ghostbusters 2 who basically said, my dad says you guys are full of crap. <laughs> and then Ray, or he goes like, you know, music, Winston. <laughs> and then they do the Ghostbuster dance. Um, written by Gil Keenan, Jason Reitman, and Dan Aykroyd. Uh, Keenan also directed Monster House and City of Ember, which I actually really like that movie, which also has Bill Murray in it. Uh, so there, there's a there's some people involved with this movie that really know ghosts. They know Ghostbusters. So the movie's definitely in good hands. Good script. Got got Bill Murray involved, which is always like hurdle number one to get over if you're gonna make one of these. Starring Carrie Coon as Callie, who you may recognize as Proxima Midnight from the Avengers movie, the uh, Endgame, and uh, also Infinity War. Uh, Finn Wolfhard who I'm sure you would know as, uh, he's Trevor in the movie, but he's also in Stranger Things, very famous from Stranger Things. McKenna Grace plays Phoebe. Uh, she she really is mostly, she's been in some things, but most recently she was uh, in Malignant. Um, but yeah, she's kind of an up-and-comer. I really enjoyed she's, her in this movie. She's in she Young awesome. Sheldon. Not a movie, but She is, TV she's series. in Young Right, right. Yes, I did notice that she was in a few episodes of that, but I haven't, I haven't been watching that, so I, that's kind of a blind spot for me. Nick, are you a fan of that show? Do you watch that? Uh, I, I'm not like, I, I haven't seen the most recent episodes, but, but I, I've watched it. Yeah. Is she family to Sheldon? Is that how she, she's in it? She's just another smart kid, very much like Sheldon. Okay. So she's kind of like Sheldon's nemesis in a way. But yeah, they're, they're friends. I mean, they're they're friends slash yeah. nemesis. They're frenemies, basically, yeah, yeah, is what yeah. you're saying. <laughs> uh, the big get for this movie, besides the original Ghostbusters, would probably be Paul Rudd. He's sort of the main guy. He's he plays Mr. Gruberson, and he's been in you name it. I mean, he's a hilarious guy. Uh, I think it was big to get Paul Rudd in this movie. I think it it lent it a bit of credibility from the get go, uh, and he he was excellent in the movie. 
featuring Logan Kim. This is his first, really his first feature film. He was podcast who I'm sure us, we probably all took a liking to him. I know I kind of did. And I, like, oh my God, there's a character in here. He has a podcast. I'm going to be talking about this kid. I know. Um, Celeste O'Connor was lucky. This is kind of like one of her, really her first big feature as well. Uh, featuring J.K. Simmons as uh, Evo Shandor. Uh, in a, like in a blink and you'll kind of miss like, that's definitely J.K. Simmons. But I kind of had to ask you, I was like, was that J.K. Simmons? <laughs> Olivia Wilde played Gozer really well. Um, I didn't really recognize her either. She was very Gozer-like. Uh, Josh Gad was the voice of Muncher. And of course, returning from the original Ghostbusters movies, we had Bill Murray as Peter Venkman, Dan Aykroyd as Ray Stance, Ernie Hudson as Winston Zedmore, Annie Potts is back as Janine Melnitz, and Sigourney Weaver in a I wasn't sure if we were going to get her or not moment, but she returned as Dana Barrett Venkman. And then finally, in a little bit of a cameo, uh, Stella Aykroyd played Deputy Magic. So those are more or less the stars of the movie. That's the housekeeping. Um, I wanted to open it up to uh, you guys to talk about this movie. Um, Nick, we waited for, we've waited how long for this thing? It, it, would you say 20 years to oh, get this movie? Yeah, easily. Yeah. I know, I know Ghostbusters 2 was 89, but it seems, and I'm, I might lean on you two a bit for this because my memory's a little fuzzy. But there, there was a script. It seems like for years and years going around for a Ghostbusters three. Yeah, there uh, was like a Ghostbusters go to hell kind of idea getting kicked around. I mean, th there were uh, all kinds of ideas that just never saw the light of day. Right, and that was that was more or less all Dan Aykroyd, was it not? <laughs> uh, I I imagine yes. Uh, I'm not for sure though. Yeah, he was yeah. pushing. I know a couple of the guys from the office had written a draft at one point. Um, that was there was always it always kind of changed hands. Like it would impress just enough people, and then I want to say like the guys from the office. I want to say it was they did year one, and people lost faith. It was like, oh, okay. Well, they did the office, which was good, but year one, eh, not as great. So, mm. oh, with Jack Black and yeah, Michael Sarah. Okay, so oh uh, yeah, <laughs> it was always like somebody had another draft and. For a lot of years, it w it seemed like they were always chasing something that they could even get Bill Murray to look at, because everybody's like, if right. Bill's not going to be in it, nobody really wants to come back and do it. Yeah, and and Bill, he you know you know how he is, but he's he's kind of been he's had his second wind in these like Paul Anderson like movies, these like sort of independent movies. He's he's kind of stayed relevant making those those flicks. Uh, but he, he would tease us. I mean, I remember one year he showed up at, it was like an MTV movie awards or some award show where he showed up in the suit and he walks out and everybody went nuts. Cause like, they just took it as this sign that something's in the works, but it just was like a stunt, I guess, unless one of you all know differently. Yeah. I'm guessing I, that was, like, I remember that, but I, I'm really not sure you know, what the reasoning behind that was. Yeah. Yeah. I, I just think he, Bill Murray just kind of does what he feels like doing. And it wasn't like all the other guys came out with him. It was just him, but he had like this, the pack and every, well, I think he had the pack on. I know he had the suit on. Maybe he didn't have the pack on, 
but it was very exciting. And then because of that, I feel like maybe that's what kicked off all these scripts to get to go around. I, I remember one point there was this like next generation movie going around before we settled on answer the call with the all female cast. But there, there were like people like there was like a Seth Rogen. Um, I feel like maybe I'm wrong, but you know, the Lord and Miller guys and they did the 21 jump street, were they not kicking around some sort of ideas? Cause I feel like they also had, um, who was, who was the guy, the, the dancer guy who was in the 21 jump street movies and with Channing Tatum, you know, yeah, yeah. Wasn't he maybe possibly attached to it? Well, like it seemed like everybody in the world was attached to a possible Ghostbusters movie. They the, as yeah, a next generation kind of thing. There for for a good while because I remember one of the rumors was they were going to go with another kind of comedic cast. Like you know, let's grab some of the guys that are you know hot now, and and we'll get you know another comedic team. Then they then there was a rumor at one point they were going to do the gender swap, but it was going to be, all right, let's get, you know, just four really attractive women, not, you know, <laughs> let's get four funny women. Let's get, let's just get, all right, we're going to cast this like, you know, and I think everybody realized real quick, is like none of these gimmicks are going to really, and, and I think even I still, I mean, like I, I know that answer the call was not as good of a Ghostbusters movie as everybody hoped, but I still, I'm mean, like, I still cannot, I just, I don't get why there was, I get that people didn't like it, but like people yeah. hated that movie and it's, I'm like just yeah. outright hated it. And I'm like, okay. I mean, it's not, you know, going to win any major awards here, but I'm like, I have seen far worse than this movie. Yeah. It, it yeah, certainly pe- didn't deserve the hate just out the gate. I mean, you know, nobody even saw it and they were already hating it. Uh, yeah. It, it didn't deserve that for sure. Uh, I, I will say that my biggest disappointment in the movie was that it was its own movie and not within the universe of the original movies like afterlife is yeah well after harold ramus died i guess that's when they just stopped trying to get bill murray and they were like well we we feel like we have enough juice to make a ghostbusters movie let's do what we got we got what we got and i was very happy to get what we got I, I thought it was fine. You know, I didn't love it. I didn't hate it. I thought it went off the rails a little bit towards the end, but um, certainly not deserving of all the hate that it got. And then we got the game. Nick, what, what, what year did the game come out? Was it prior to 2014? Was that like 2013 or something? Um, that's a good question. What year did the game come out? Because by all intents and purposes, the game was what we thought we have finally accepted to be Ghostbusters 3 because they, they right. totally treat it as a sequel after Ghostbusters 2. It uh, might have been 2011 because was the re-release on the Switch, was that a 10-year kind of anniversary deal, sort of, maybe? Ghostbusters video game is a 2009 action-adventure game. Oh, wow, 2009. Franchise. Okay, so that's that was pretty out there. Okay. So that that just leads us up to now, and we Jason Reitman he got in, involved. Of course, he is the son of Ivan Reitman, and I, it again, as I said at the top of the show, like it just sort of came out of nowhere. We got we got that teaser of Ecto, and you're like, what is this? I mean, do you guys remember that moment? Like, t- talk to me about that. Like Nick, what was going through your head when you first saw that? Oh man, it was just chills like 
you know, I, I can't believe it's actually happening. You know, it, it was just surreal. Yeah. Adam, what did you like? Can you remember like what you thought when you saw that? Like, were you kind of like me? Did you feel like it might not be real or did you? I, what was I, the deal? It almost felt like a crowdfunding kind of thing. Like if enough people are interested, maybe we'll go ahead and make this yeah. movie. We'll throw this. But now I know that Finn Wolfhard did not even know he was actually auditioning for a Ghostbusters movie. Like he, yeah. they were keeping it very secret. Um, I don't know if it's because of um, the last one. Um, but yeah, he, he did not even realize he was auditioning for a Ghostbusters movie when he was auditioning. But yeah, how did you feel about like when you saw that? I, I'm trying to think when it was that I officially, I can't remember if I saw it at a home or if it was in something I saw in theaters, but I, I just, I remember seeing, you know, seeing that barn and the, the lightning and, and leading up to the reveal that, you know, I was like, okay, it's Ecto-1. And it was, it was like, are you freaking kidding me? Like, this is happening? Because, <laughs> I mean, it was like as many different outlets that I follow for movie news and upcoming projects and stuff because it is i mean like uh you know it doesn't happen all the time but like you know the um crocodile dundee sequel that turned out to be an australia um tourism joke it was one yeah. of those like okay you know i really 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 like if you're messing <laughs> with me somebody's yes. gonna get hurt <laughs> I'm just telling you right now. If this turns out to be, uh, uh, if this is like a high C commercial in disguise, I'm going to be yeah. so pissed. <laughs> yeah, because I, Which, I do kind of remember having that feeling of excitement, yet sort of being reserved, like, you know, uh, not really wanting to get the hopes up too much, right? You know, it's it's like, exactly like you were saying, you know, don't tease me, you know. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let, let, let's let's wait a little bit until we see more and see how this pans out. Nick, it kind of reminded me a little bit, now that I think about it and I'm talking about it out loud, it, it was like the old days when you would just see like a surprise release of Mortal Kombat 2 in the arcades and like you didn't even know they were making one. Although, you know, you know that the first one was so successful that probably common sense would tell you to expect another one, but it just sort of happened. Oh, it yeah, felt like that. that. came like, out of nowhere. Right. Um. Now, there's another person on this podcast who I has not had a chance to speak much. I wanted to get his perspective on this. Now, he he does not follow all of the same things that, like, we do, the YouTube channels for movies, or is not huge on Ghostbusters, but he is a fan. He has seen Ghostbusters more than a couple times. Logan, um, what is what what is your feeling about Ghostbusters? Like, when I first showed it to you, what did it make you feel when you first saw it? Make sure you make sure you speak into the mic there, buddy. It made me feel like it just spoke to me like it was a good movie. Like, yeah. There, like the fact that that it was made in that time and they had, you know, like that cool, like it looked really cool to me. Yeah. And when I really figured out like when it was made, I was like, wow, they did a pretty good job on that, <laughs> considering what they had to work with. So. I, and it's also just I really just liked the movie itself. Good comedy. That's all. I feel like that's what's mainly got me into it. And the song, right? I know that you love the song. Oh yeah, and that, every now and then I'll like, it'll get stuck in my head, and I cannot get rid of it. I feel like I heard you and Allison listening to it upstairs, like on your own one day. Like, oh I was, yeah, I remember. <laughs> yeah, I remember that. 
It's just a great song to me, so. And when I said to you, like, hey, Logan, um, so we, I've showed you all the movies. You've seen one and two. And have you seen the all-female Ghostbusters? And I feel like we've seen it. I think we have, but I don't remember, like, anything from it. Yeah. When I said, hey, Logan, uh, we're going to go see the movie, and I want you to come. Were you, were you kind of nervous? Like, were you might be scared, or were you really excited that there was a new Ghostbusters movies with the, mov- like the guys from the original movies? I mean, I was more excited than nervous, I guess, but, like, you know, there was a little bit of nervous, but... Yeah. After, like, just being in the movie theater, I was, like, not really that nervous anymore. No. More pumped than nervous. More pumped than nervous. Well, yeah. So, see, uh, the new this generation's going to be just fine, everybody. <laughs> um, so... I guess we'll go ahead and get more into the movie now. Actually, start talking about this. Like this, this is spoiler territory, guys. This is this is the part of the podcast where I'm going to warn uh, anybody who's listened this far. We're we're going to start we're going to start talking about the details of the movie. Uh, we're not going to try to attempt to hold anything back. Uh, it, it's been a couple weeks, I guess, now since it's released. So, if you're really, really desperate to see it, you probably probably had enough time to see it. Uh, but if, if not, go ahead and, and stop listening now and uh, pick it back up after you've seen it. Because um, I will, I want to go around and say, like, I think we all ag- agreed it was fun. It was a good movie. It was a worthy sequel. Mm-hmm. And if you've been waiting for this movie, uh, you should have nothing to worry about. You should definitely stop listening now, make plans to see it go whenever, see it and then come back. Go see it Pause now this, so there go can be see a sequel. It, and then come back and finish <laughs> listening. Adam, how many times have you seen it in theaters now? I've seen it three times. Three times? <laughs> I would love to have seen it a second time yet, but I have, Nick, you haven't gone and seen it again, have you? I have not gone back again, but I would love to. Yeah. Okay, so that this is your spoiler warning, everybody. Uh, at this point, we're going to start talking about the movie. Um, so the big thing that I want to talk about right off the bat was how shocked I was to see... Um, Egon in this thing as much as we saw him (laughs) I was not expecting that Uh, right off the you know in the beginning of the movie we see like the shadowy uh, figure he's like speeding from the mine Um, I didn't really know like part of me was thinking like this might be a Ghostbuster but I was not thinking Egon just did not occur to me and then we started seeing like you know when he gets back to the house and he's holding up the trap and like i think i like leaned over to jay 4k jay and i was like that's egon right and he was like yes yes that's definitely egon what what did you guys think when you saw him and the way they did it uh with with a lot of shadowy uh figures and and like more or less body doubles and things like that like how what what do you I'll start with you, Nick. Like, what what feelings did you have when you saw Egon and you realized I, it was him? I really did not expect it at all for them to actually have Egon like that. I, I expected him to have already been passed away, and they talk about him, you know, and whatever. Um, but to to have the movie so centered around him that they the beginning of it opened with him, you know, as as an older. Egon and and um, you know in his efforts to stop Gozer, um, it, very very cool. Uh, it was 
and and the way they did it in the end with the CG, you know, when it, it oh, you know, yeah. spoilers, we've already covered that with the CG ghost Egon, yeah. it, it just it looked so good. It looked like he was right there. It's the best I've ever seen anybody tempt that because I, I think the first time I saw it was in Rogue One with um, uh, oh gosh, um, General uh, oh yeah, Grandma General. Tarkin, yeah, Grandma Grandma Tarkin. Tarkin. Thank you, sorry. And I'll, I'll admit, I thought that was excellent. Like, it didn't really occur to me that I, I didn't know he was CG. Like, I thought maybe it was just an actor made up to look like him. And I guess in a way it was. And they just, we know how they do, like, the deep fake I stuff. I mean, yeah, right? there was somebody there and they CG'd over right. his head, his face. Right. But I thought it looked pretty good. But after watching it on video later, I was like, oh, I can kind of see the, you know, I can see the cracks. I can see the seams. I can see the strings a little bit. I can kind of tell the, that's what they were doing. Yeah. But as you said, Nick, the way they, it, it looks so good. The way they, I, I was shocked to see him in the end like that. Yeah. I mean, and we'll that, definitely that really get to that scene because when, when he reappeared, I mean, I think everybody, I, I, I'm pretty sure everybody had tears in their eyes when that happened. Yeah. <laughs> oh, I, yeah, totally. I won't even bulk at it. Yeah. It was the best. Um, Adam, on a, on a scale of one to 10, how, what what number would you say you were expecting Egon to e- make any sort of appearance like this in the movie? Like, what what was your feeling going into it? Yeah, I I would uh, like uh, like I gotta one say, being least expected, like not expecting at all. Ten being like, yeah, I think he's gonna be in this. I knew I knew they would have to do something with it, and it was gonna be more than what they did in Answer the Call. Like they had, I mean, they had that statue that was a nice little nod right, to the bus uh, Harold Ramis. Yeah. Um, so I knew they were going to do something more because, you know, this is a little bit closer to, uh, to everybody's heart with Jason, you know, Reitman being in the mix. Yeah. But I, I, uh, same as Nick, I was like, I really wasn't expecting, and I think they did a fantastic job with as much, you know, as much promotion as they did of the whole mm-hmm. story. Um, I mean, like you, you, because I think even throughout the plot, like you, until they really say it out loud, like you're thinking, okay, this is Egon's family. And like, you mm-hmm. know, it's the same kind of thing as like, you know, that's Egon at the beginning, but they never really acknowledge it until McKenna Grace's Egon Spengler was our, fa- was our grandfather. Like until right. she says that it's like, it's all very like shrouded in mystery. Like, okay, it is right. Yeah, like that's all we're, we're all thinking. Like, <laughs> look at that little girl. She's gotta be Egon's kid. Like, yeah. Like, she's to- sure. like when she holds the glasses up, I was like, yeah, but I she's was just, wearing the same frames. I was like, okay, this is, <laughs> and it was, it was like, it was really great how they did so many things with him in that respect. Like, you know, having, having the, all of that, that at the, at the front end, that it was done in such, uh, with such precision that like, it was just off enough like there was there he was like okay even when he's standing on the front porch and you kind of have like you're looking yeah. at the silhouette you're like okay that looks like egon yes yes yeah and, and you could see like the glasses the frames a little bit yeah like, it was so well lit and done like i mean applause and just like to your point I mean, how he, they he kept it a secret for like it looks like egon's nose yeah yeah oh, exactly yeah. there was really i mean i questioned it but i it's only because i was so blown away Logan yeah. for like a couple times, like leading up to it was like, what are you, what are you hoping for this movie? And I was like, honestly, Logan, I'll be so happy if I just get a shot of all the guys together, busting a ghost at some point in the movie, like that'll make me happy. Like I'll be happy enough, but to get 
not only Egon in the movie, the way we got him in the beginning, but at the end with all four Ghostbusters lined up in a row, um, it was insane. I couldn't believe it. I mean, the movie amazing. will always have a place in my heart. Oh, and the love I'll too. always accept this movie. Uh, like, uh, yes. Bill Murray, Peter Vakeman's look, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> and then they, they love- kind of glance over. <laughs> they all had this different reaction too, which was great. Yeah. Like Winston's kind of got like this, like a typical Winston, like I'm just a guy who's here, yeah. you know, <laughs> he, Bill Murray, like v- Peter Vakeman is just very much like nonchalant. Like, of, of course. <laughs> I thought you might show and, up. Yeah. Right. And I love I that, that the line. line too. Where, <laughs> it was such like, a they, Vakeman they kinda, line. <laughs> I thought you might show up and raise. So he, again, the heart, he's just so heartbroken about the way things ended apparently yeah. with him. And he just, he's just like, I'm so sorry. Uh, but it, that we'll definitely get into that scene a bit more too. But uh, yeah, that that's all I really wanted. And I'm so happy that they were able to keep that a secret. And that just never happens nowadays. Like people always want the cat out of the bag. And w- even with the Hasbro toys, like now there's a two pack toy Yep. Of Phoebe. I think it's Phoebe and Egon. It's Phoebe as a and Egon. Ghost. Yep. Yeah. Right. And th- but that that didn't get released until at least after the movie. Thank God. Because I would have been so upset. I mean, I would have been happy to know he was in it, but I'm so glad that it wasn't spoiled for me. And it makes me a little angry that they would release that. Maybe as like a second wave. Like, come on, guys. <clears throat> um but yeah, so like that's the movie. It gets set up. Uh, he's fighting Gozer the whole time, and well, it's like and it a was, total it, direct. It was it was a really good way um, to connect, you know, because that, that was like from from the trailers. Because I know uh, we even because I think we I think we talked about this even a little bit when we did a full on all the Ghostbusters podcasts uh, way back when we did that. I think we. <laughs> There were, we, you know, even had, I think by that point, the trailer had been out. So I think we, we may right. have mentioned, cause I remember <clears> talking <throat> about Evo Shandor. Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I remember Nick mentioning that too. Yeah. The mine. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, you know, so there was kind of this, you know, everybody kind of knew at least from the, even that first teaser trailer that there was a connection between the original and this, like it was in its uh, whole new story. Like, you know, that, cause that was the kind of the thing with <laughs> answer the call was, you know, they tried to do all these like nods to the original, but they were almost kind of like, it was almost too much. Like, okay. Like even the fact that they did Muncher instead of Slimer and that they mm-hmm. did the mini puffs instead of, yeah. you know, they still, they had all of those iconic things, like even down to the, uh, the remote control trap. I mean, like they had, yeah, they had kind of, here's the nostalgic version for you. And here's kind of how we're updating it. Here's how we're kind of make still making this its own thing but very much connecting it to the original. I liked how they did that. I also like how they kind of played around with Ecto a little bit. So like Egon, he, so I guess the story goes, um, Egon took off on the Ghostbusters when times, I guess times were getting a little bit lean. New York was not, I guess they just weren't seeing the business and then Egon takes off. I, I still don't quite get that. I'd like to read some more things about that why he felt that he had to do it alone. Well, yeah, and that's, I, I'm going to need a little more of that fleshed out too. And, and I'm sure it's to come. Um, but yeah, I'm, I, I just have a hard time buying that though, that, you know, Egon knew 
the coming of Gozer, you know, Gozer would return. And and Ray didn't believe him, and nobody believed him. I just can't buy that. Ray right. especially wouldn't believe him. Ray especially, right? I could see Peter and, but Winston would go along with Ray and and Egon. I think it doesn't make sense that Ray and Egon had the fallout. I could see Peter and Egon having the fallout. That makes more sense to me. But you but, know, but I, so, I don't want to nitpick the movie. Yeah, but so then Egon, you know, takes matters into his own hands, and so he. Uh, you know, needs all the equipment for his plan. Right. So he he takes Ecto and all the packs and everything and takes off. The toaster from Ghostbusters 2, apparently? Yeah, apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't see that, but I was like reading through all the like little bits of trivia and little things that are you could see in the background. Yeah, apparently in I read kitchen, that too. Like, I, I didn't there. notice it myself, but I've heard it's in the background <laughs> in the kitchen. Yeah. <clears throat> Ecto, though, I guess what I was going to say was I like that he 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 had it under a tarp and he was he was sort of being low key as a dirt farmer or whatever in the town. Wasn't being splashy about the Ghostbusters stuff at all. He didn't drive Ecto around town. He was hiding it, but he did make some modifications to it. Like he had the gunner seat. Yeah. Um, I wonder I want to know when that gunner seat got installed. Was that sometime right after 89 like i know i know it's like a nod to the real ghostbusters right guys right yeah so like i i don't know if it's just strictly a nod to that and they'll just fill in some story at some other time i guess like when it got installed but it was cute how they added the little touches like you said adam the uh, remote control ghost trap and the gunner seat and i want to talk about that engine they put in ecto that sucker was revved up like when the kid was like driving it around and in like screeching through town the old ecto in new york did not get around quite like that <laughs> well, those, those shock absorbers but it must have been uh pretty insane too <laughs> yes <laughs> but i mean like anytime like the kid was driving it and like it was like taking corners i was like that sucker what what is that a hemi <laughs> that is really good but I, I man i was i was so i was more ex- i was as excited to see ecto flying around town like that as almost as much as i was seeing egon like it was really cool yeah that muncher and how- chase scene was great it yeah. was really cool that was really good i, I love that there was a shot where they're it was like a um, like a pulled out view of the, they're driving in the road and they got him lassoed and it was kind of like this wide shot. It was really cool and you saw it in the trailer too, like where they're kind of roping him. Uh, but so one thing that really made me happy about this movie, and I want to get Logan's opinion on this, is I'm very excited that we got to see all the old Ghostbusters. But it is cool that it did feature like the kids. The kids are the new generation, and it really made me excited because I thought the kids were great. It makes me feel good as an old school fan with continuity, knowing they're Eon's kids or grandkids. Um, but just knowing that, like, I'd be totally happy seeing two, three more movies with like these kids growing up as Ghostbusters, yeah. kind of like how the kids from Stranger Things have grown up. Like, I'm invested in these kids. I will and admit, Logan. Like, yeah. Well, I'm sorry. I'll let you finish because I know you wanted Logan. To no, no, no. Go, go, go ahead. Jump in. What, what were we going to say? I, finish I was your just going to say. I will admit that when I first saw that the movie would center around these group of kids, that I kind of had this thought, like, oh no, like, is it going to be like, you know, they they tried the the four female 
Ghostbusters before, and that didn't work. And now they're going to do four mm-hmm. kids, and you know, it just it had me a little uneasy, but um, but it, it was great. I mean, they they knocked it out of the park. Well, to build on that, it also makes you wonder how more accepted the 2016 movie would have been if they had just made them like relatives of the original Ghostbusters yes. and have that continuity. Yeah. It probably would have been more accepted. I'm not saying it would have been bigger, but it probably would have been more accepted. Yeah, because I mean, I, you but know, Logan, I can't speak for everybody else, but me personally, I had no problem right. that it was all females. Just that. Right. No, it, no. It didn't. I don't think anybody did here on this podcast. Yeah, they really wasted a lot of time because it, it, it's like the movie knows that the other movies existed, so they had to accept the the rules of Ghostbuster. They wasted so much time screwing around with that. Mm-hmm. Big, because, you know, they made a mistake and they paid for it. And now they've corrected the mistake. Sony corrected things. And I think with this new Ghost Corp logo, you know, you saw at the beginning of the movie, I think they're going to really try and build upon this. And I think they might have something here. But what I was going to ask was like, Logan, how, how did it make you feel seeing like these kids, like these kids, I mean, they're older than you and I call them kids. They're teenagers, like, you know, ages, what, mm-hmm. I'm not sure how Phoebe's supposed to be. Trevor is clearly a teenager, but I mean, is it cool to you that like now you, you have, you see yourself represented a bit more? Like you see the kids are wearing the packs and like the packs are huge on them and they're driving Ecto one and they are the future of Ghostbusters. Like how, how does that make you feel? It makes me feel like I can have some part of the the fun with this uh, with the go- with Ghostbusters because now that there's a new generation, you never know. I can just go off and you know if there is more movies, I would love to go see them. Yeah, and I would love to see the kids back in it because the way they put it up with the kids is like you want to see if they're probably gonna make it to where they they show like different movies of them growing up. Mm-hmm. And then maybe eventually they might just become the Ghostbusters. Yeah. Themselves. Yeah. Um, do it. Has any of your friends from school like really talked about the Ghostbusters at all? Uh, not really, but. Well, maybe once it comes out on video, it'll get more of a following because of you know not not a lot of people. I mean, we saw it as soon as it came out, but right. like other people, they'll be like, "Oh, this might be cool to watch," but we're just like waiting and waiting. Like we are like. As soon as it's out, we were we were on it. Yeah, you we sure were. And some people are just not like that, so they would well, usually wait. What about you, Adam? You took your kids to see it after we saw it. Uh, how did they feel about you know seeing the protagonist as you know people who are more look more like them than people that are older guys? You know, like their dad and their grandpa. <laughs> oh yeah, they because uh, I told them I said you guys are gonna love podcast, and they did. They I mean that was that was what I I really enjoyed. You know watching them <clears throat> watching them see it because at certain points knowing what was coming and kind of like wanting to, like okay i know it's going to come oh, so let yeah. me see if i can kind of gauge their response to it like watching them really laugh at stuff and it was, it was nice because like there were there like um when <laughs> it, caden has more of a tendency to jump at stuff than tucker does mm-hmm. <laughs> and i think i counted on tucker or on caden i counted six times that he jumped but I told him, I told him going into it, I said, I know there is one time specifically that you are going to jump and you might even scream because every now and then, yeah. like something like, like, especially with jump scares, like he might let out a little scream. 
And so I was kind of waiting for that. But it, like, was when, that the uh, Evo Shandor port part? Is that what you're thinking? Uh, no, it was when uh, when Callie is down in the uh, in the bunker and the terror dog jumps out. And that oh, was like the one right. big jump scare that I really remembered from it. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, when that happens, Caden's gonna jump. And he he, he I mean, like you could have <laughs> you could have measured how high he jumped. Uh, out of a seat because it, ah! it was like and so uh, like it's their but first I re- experience with a jump scare in a movie theater probably. I, I, I really loved that like the whole experience was such a good thing because like because i knew at the end i could i could sense both of them looking up at me when egon showed up and yeah. it was because it's one of those things like you know they they got that and they enjoyed that part but they knew that it would mean something different to me because because they know how much I love it, and so because of that, like it was cool to experience it in different fashions with them enjoying it in their way and having their own connection to it, but also having connection to Ghostbusters in general because they know it's something that is such a huge thing for me. So it was it was a lot of fun, and they both really enjoyed it. After the fact, they were like, "Oh yeah, it was so good." And I know because when when uh, Answer the Call came out, uh, we I saw that with them opening night. Um, I saw that one three times opening night, um, and so they watched it, and then we went to the drive-in a couple, I was maybe like a month or two later, and uh, they had, I think it was, I think it was the same time that, or the same summer that Finding Dory came out, and so mm-hmm. we were at the at the drive-in, and Finding Dory was on the screen that we were facing, but Ghostbusters Answer the Call was in the back, uh, at the Georgetown 20, it was in the back screen. And Caden just said, is it okay if I watch Ghostbusters instead? <laughs> and I was like, great. you're not going to be able to Absolutely. hear it. Yeah, you're totally fine to do that, bud. <laughs> oh, that's so awesome. I, I, love, I love that they have their own connection. And they did. I mean, podcast was, podcast and Phoebe Oh, podcast was amazing. I loved him immediately. And he was so I, good. I, I was reading online that there were people making like, it's like this, hey, guys does anybody not see this as a Goonies movie as much as it is a Ghostbusters movie? And you see podcasts that is like making those connections, like all the, like, you know, I, I could kind of see it. And, and, you know, and having uh, Finn Wolfhard too there, well, he's got that cred with, with stranger things. And that's yeah. also, I've seen people compare that to the, like a Goonies kind of like eighties aesthetic. Um, it, it just makes me really happy uh, that I, I enjoy the movie on one level and then, uh, you know, like a younger generation can and also can pick it up. And it makes me feel like uh, kind of in a way that Transformers, I know people, Nick and I in particular, and we all kind of do, we, we sort of pick apart the Michael Bay Transformer movies because they're just not what we want exactly. There are a lot of people who love those movies and collect the toys like they they, they camp the stores and look for them. And even though we look at them and go like, ah, it's like I, they're kind of like what I want, but you know they they have all the like metal pieces and they just it's just not right. Some for a whole generation of fans, that's what they like, mm-hmm. and they could care less about Gen One. Like I guess they could re- they can appreciate Gen One. They know that it all comes from Gen One and it feels very retro and things. Um, but with this, it stayed true enough to the you know the old fans like the people who grew up loving it and handing that baton over like it's just perfect and i like how they have winston is sort of like this um 
Bruce Wayne type guy. Like he made his fortune doing whatever. I don't know. Building scale models. <laughs> like of <laughs> like I was thinking of like number two from Austin Powers. Like they, they yeah. became rich building scale models for like large <laughs> maps of yeah. Uh but he he can kind of be like the um um guy who's the finance ear of all he's the ghostbusters the he, he's the backer he brought ecto back to new york there's there's the ghost house is back he can sort of pop in the movies and be sort of that um samuel l jackson type character that just sort of steps in connects characters recruits new ghostbusters and they can spin it off and like i i, I envision a lot of possibilities they didn't try to build a world like, you know, a DC, they try to go so far to build worlds, but they never get the, the, the first stepping stone just right. This felt like a really good first stepping stone and they gave just enough for them to build a world if they really want to and it's successful enough. And I think that's really cool. And not a lot of people I feel like are, are giving the movie that kind of credit. I have a side note about um it's it's been a bit now but uh went like uh like uh like you guys were saying I feel like the jump scares in the movie made me jump a little bit. They make you jump a little bit. The second like those jump scares to me you don't really see that much when I'm watching a movie. So like when I saw that I was like like I I I kind of jumped up cuz I wasn't like it's just it was just like I'm not used to that. So no, I understand because I've I'm not a horrible parent. I don't take you to scary movies where jump scares are the norm. You know, all your movie going experiences have been like Marvel movies and Disney movies. So now that you and in this, I was a little bit concerned, especially the Evo scene. You know, this dead guy in the tomb, and you know he gets ripped apart. Very quickly. I mean, it's like one or two frames of the movie, but it's clearly he got ripped in half. Um, I'm glad that it didn't scare you because Ghostbusters, it feels, even the older movies, it feels very kid-friendly, and kids did enjoy it. But uh, as I've admitted on you know previous episodes, like there were scenes from the Ghostbusters, like you sometimes you see a movie too young, and you take things from it, and it kind of like, embeds itself into your brain and scares you a little bit even though in the moment maybe not so much but yeah when i first saw the terror dogs on screen i wasn't prepared for it it kind of scarred me a little bit for a couple years and allison you know she is scared of the stay puff marshmallow man now and i didn't realize that and you look at him and he looks so cute in his face and he's just so happy walking down the streets of New York. And yeah, he gets he, he gets mad at the end when he's like he's kind of got the frowny face when he's climbing up the side of the building. He just has like the biggest like frowny face, and he's just like, <laughs> "I'm gonna kill you." He's, he's so mad when he's getting burnt up. Uh, but I mean, up to that point, he's just got this big old like happy face on his, just plastered all over. And she got scared, and you know, Laura was like, "You can't show her this movie. Like, it's gonna scare her." And that's when I did the best thing I knew what to do. Like I had that Ghostbusters I've got in my office right now. It's the big black Ghostbusters book with the making of one and two. And we went through all the pages and I showed her how they recreate, how they, they did movie magic with the practical effects. I was like, look, here's Stay Puft. It's like, a it, you know, he's a dude in a suit and they made this miniatures. They made miniatures of, New York, of the city and the building and, once I showed her like all the like behind the scenes stuff, she wasn't scared anymore. Yeah. And I think that's really something that's been missing in movies in the last 15, 20 years. And 
there did seem to be a, a fair amount of practical effects in this movie too. So, and with the Star Wars movies also, like there's a bit of a renaissance, I feel like with practical effects. It's still a lot of CG, but some of the practical effects are coming back. Um, the terror dogs, they seem like practical effects to you guys, right? For the most part? Uh, for the most part, I think they are. Yeah, yeah I mean, when they're running up. and chasing Paul Rudd around, like that's clearly CG. Yeah. But when they were just kind of stationary, I think those were just like rubber suit guys, you know? <laughs> and they well, looked good. They looked way better than what they did back in 84, but... I think I think you get um, so, like when when you get that reaction um, initially from Paul Rudd where he's you know kind of getting away from all the little mini puff guys, yeah. And you you because you know you, they use that in the trailer and in a couple of TV spots I think, right. But it's like that scene when you when you really you can really appreciate his you know the actuality of his revelation standing there yeah. seeing the terror dog because he's standing there seeing the terror dog. And it's right. like, it, it's a thing to realize, like, oh my gosh. Like, just yeah. your natural he, reaction. He'd seen the trap, too, and that thing come out. Yeah. And I feel like the, I feel like they weren't quite frightened enough by seeing that thing. <laughs> like, at one point in the movie, like, it, it jumps out at him and it flies off. And they kind of just sort of go about their business a little bit in the movie. But, yeah, he does see the terror dogs in the, in the Walmart. <laughs> Um, as he, as he's thinking. picking out some Baskin Robbins. Oh, also in that part, um, I don't know if y'all are gonna mention this, but the Stay Puft Mar- uh, Marshmallow Man's just to like see how like in the first movie they were like big, and then they just switched it up on us in the minute miniature. Yeah, I don't really understand the rules of the Stay Puft guys. Like they just kind of went out <laughs> of like just a marshmallow get bigger pack. and bigger as they get older. I'm not really sure. The you know with Paul what were you gonna say there that trap I I was kind of thinking you know he was like the one person that believed in all of it you know because at the right. beginning Phoebe didn't believe in ghosts at all and and he's the one that recognizes the ghost trap knows what it is believes right. in the ghost because he's he knows the history. But what's he right. going to do? He wants to open it. What do you think's inside? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> yeah, he's our he's our analog. He's Paul Rudd's like our age, so he would be roughly the same age as us, you know. And when, when the original Ghostbusters movie came out, so yeah, he. I like how they kind of played that up too. Like there were clips on YouTube, <clears throat> but you would think that of of a an event like what happened in 84 in New York, that would be like worldwide news. It I mean, it was, it was on all the magazine covers and the montages. Uh, but you know, the world did just kind of forget about the Ghostbusters. It seems really weird. <laughs> was the world just convinced it was a hoax? Is that how this went down? I mean, that's the way it sort of played up in 89 when they come back. Yeah. I'm not you know, really they're, sure. They're, I guess they kind of play it off like, you know, it only really happened in New York. And so even exactly. like if Ghostbusters 2 is canon, which uh, I guess Jason Reitman says now that it is canon, that um, yeah. Yeah, everything seems to only happen in New York, and then there's no ghosts anywhere. Yeah. Yeah, so I don't know. Uh, is there is there anything about the movie that I mean, I want to I want to finish up strong with how it ends. But is there anything in the movie itself that rubbed you guys wrong, that bumped you guys wrong, that you wish they would have handled differently? 
it's now it's time to nitpick some if you have well, a nitpick. I mean, Let's I, talk I about already kind of right mentioned that the, the one thing that really bothered me was how Ray was so jaded towards Egon. I mean, we kind of touched on that a little bit already. Yeah. Yeah. When Phoebe calls to get help at Ray's occult, he was like, that son of a bitch. Like he, his whole demeanor like changed. He did not want to talk about, uh, Egon. And, uh, I wanted I wanted that scene to be a little bit different, you know, like the way just the whole way it went down. Like he answered the call and she doesn't reveal I because she uses her one call in the in the jail cell cell to call him like she has the number, I guess, memorized from the video and calls him up, I guess, on the off chance that, you know, he's going to answer. And she does it. She waits to the very end. Like if that were me, I would have been like, hey, my name's Phoebe. Uh, I, I am the granddaughter of Egon you know, like <laughs> Spangler, like I, this is who I am. Please hear me out. Like she kind of just doesn't do any of that. She sort of plays it coy until the very yeah. end. I guess if I had somewhat of an nitpick, Adam, what about you? Was there anything about the movie that just sort of bumped you wrong that you wish they maybe handled a bit <sighs> differently? Or are you just so happy that we got what we got? You just would not <laughs> dare make any, you know, <laughs> like, well, I will, s- I, I will say, it's not necessarily something that uh, I feel put off by. Uh, one one of the things because I do I do want I I want to see it again because I want to see it again, but there's mm-hmm. I want to see it again because there's one piece of it that I need to I need to see again because <clears throat> the and I think we might have touched on it a little bit when we were talking about it right after we went to see it, <laughs> but one of the things. Um, one of the things as I was thinking about it more and after I saw it again, what really hit me, because uh, I don't think I paid attention to it the, f- the first time, was when Callie goes down to the bunker and you have that moment where Egon's spirit is showing her that wall where he's been. Mm-hmm. It's like, no, I've, I've been paying attention to you for yeah, years. I've been following your life. Yeah. yeah. It's like, I didn't mean to do that. I just, I had to do this. I'm sorry. I wish I could have done both, but this is what, you know, I had to sacrifice everything so that this could be in place. But mm-hmm. when you're kind of, when he's, when the camera's kind of panning across everything at one point on one of the little notes, it says 1983. And even, uh, on, um, the actress who played her was born in 1980. And mm-hmm. so when I, the more I started thinking about it, I was like, okay, well, if this, if I'm this bored, you know, he's got all these notations of, you know, all these things about about um, Callie. Well, if one of them is a notation from 1983, that predates Ghostbusters. Yeah. And right. so I was like, what okay. What happened in New York, right. Because, uh, you know, I was like, okay, well, we know that Janine isn't really the, the mom uh, of, of Callie because, you know, clearly, you know, she's met her for the first time. And, mm-hmm. but the, like, they really don't, I mean, there's the whole acknowledgement tour at the end. It's like, I mean, you know, I'm Callie Spengler and you know, you get that line from, uh, uh, Peter Bankman. <laughs> I was like, oh, that's a weird last name. got to watch out for that one. <laughs> but like, that was one yeah. of the things that I was really curious about. I was like, okay, you know, there's some intentionality that, you know, in constructing that just that whole thing. It's like, okay, you, you'd have to anticipate that that's going to be a question it's like, okay, yeah. we know Egon's the dad, but you're leaving, well, who's the mom? 
you know, it was once yeah, we don't know a, who we don't know who the mom is, and we don't know who the ex husband is, like the yeah. kid's father. Like they they don't mention like she kind of when when Callie and uh, Paul Rudd's character was on that date. She kind of uh, uh, kind of mentions him like, oh, well, you know, like he's just whatever. He's who he is. Uh, but I, it is definitely more, the question that everybody, I believe, wants to know is who is Callie's mom? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it's very strange that they don't touch upon that. I, I basically have just those two questions. Who is Callie's mom and when exactly was Callie born? So, mm-hmm. yeah, that, that's what uh, I, I hope will be fleshed out more uh, in the future as, as stories unfold. There's an official book that I pre-ordered that comes out soon. I'm, I don't, you guys have ordered it too. I'm not sure, but. Mine's supposed to arrive I'm, on Tuesday. Yeah. I'm wondering if there'll be some stuff in there or if there'll be a novelization. You know, a lot of times these movies come with novelizations and I don't think there is one for this. Some sometimes those novelizations fill in some gaps, but they may just be saving it. It might just be a J.J. Abrams Force Awakens kind of thing. Like let's just purposefully leave these things unanswered for whatever the next movie is, and we'll 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 you know we'll do some things with that. Yeah, because I'm like because I, I feel like that. I mean, like that's a natural progression. It's like okay, we we get the whole because the whole point or you know the whole progression of the movie is. You're, you know, they're very purposeful and never, you know, introducing them as she's like, oh, I'm Callie, you know, I'm, and she kind of trails off. Like she doesn't say I'm Callie Spangler. None of the kids are introduced with Spangler. And it's like, even when right. you see, you know, when you open up. That, well, they uh, would have had different last names probably of the fathers, oh, yeah, I'm sure, but, too. Yeah. You know, even for her is like she, you know, clearly doesn't and has never talked about it. I was like, okay, you know, it's never ever even mentioned that Egon Spengler was. Yeah, her dad is a celebrity, basically. Yeah, all right. So I was like, okay, because it it made it made me curious if Egon, you know, if if there was some kind of relationship predating the Ghostbusters, where Egon and Callie's mom are together, and Mm -hmm. he goes to do, you know, he goes and does what he's doing. And does right. the Ghostbusters and does all that, and doesn't even know that Callie's around and has to. Well, do it's all like this you stuff. were, you and I were talking. It's like all of the Ghostbusters have clearly have some sort of familiarity with each other. Yeah. In the first movie. Yes. You know whether it is, whether it is because they just are all scientists that work together at the at the university. I don't know. You guys could probably speak to that more. Like, what is their history pre Ghostbusters? I I have no idea. That's something I've never actually researched or looked into, but I'm, I would imagine there's some sort of canon out there that attempts to, like, I'm sure there's tons and tons of fan fiction that has attempted to go into that, but canon-wise, like, officially, I don't know if they have. Yeah, I really don't know, aside from they know each other from the university. Yeah. Right. Yeah, and okay, presumably guys. that's been for at least a few years. Well, we're at about an hour, and I wanna I wanna start coming down the stretch with this. Um, the end. I, I we I want to talk about the you know for for us the older guys what we what we really came to see when when um, the kids and and the, and Callie and and Paul Rudd's character they're all kind of confronting Gozer, and the plan is sort of it, the the tide is turning to Gozer. 
and Phoebe and Gozer are having like the Harry Potter wand moment thing, you know, <laughs> Oh man! when they're, they're kind of, I was just going to say, it, 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 it you, was like the, uh, the father son Kamehameha, like with, uh, Goku and Gohan. If you watch Dragon Ball Z. Yeah. It, it, it's very similar to a lot of things, right? They're kind of pushing like powers. And then, uh, you get the part where, um, Egon sort of materializes and, 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 stabilizes her from pushing back like i thought that was i mean i can't in my wildest dreams i couldn't have imagined a more fitting way to bring him back yeah like that was so beautifully done uh the way he looked the way he was you know he's like hey i'm here and then you know like well but even before that you get the three guys like you know like and and peter's like hey flat top like that was such a great introduction of the original guys yeah I think in the trailer you got that like did you miss us or whatever like sound bite. Yeah. We didn't really get that. We, we the hey flat top is even better. Like oh, I love that. They they each just went right back to their characters so perfectly. I mean they they each yeah. have such great lines. I I I'm not even yes. sure like what Ray's speech was this time but it, it was so great and so reminiscent of his speech when <laughs> he was. first met Gozer before. And he's like, when he first met Gozer, Gozer right. Gozerian, good evening. Yes. As a duly designated representative <laughs> yeah. of the city, county, and state of New York, I order you yes. to cease any and all supernatural activity <laughs> and return forthwith to your place of origin or to the nearest right. convenient parallel dimension. <laughs> so perfectly done. Well done, Nick. Nice. <laughs> Uh, yeah, it, it was like you said. Ray. It was very reminiscent of that. Are you a god? I love how they give like Ray freezes for a minute, and they're giving <laughs> him shit about it. That was so great. Ray, you know this one. It, Come on. <laughs> he, I feel like he thought a little bit too long on that one too. <laughs> yeah, he really did, and that's exactly why they gave him crap. Like, you got to think about this. <laughs> like Adam, you've seen it a couple times. It's like, what was the line exactly that they say to him when he kind of freezes up a little bit? Oh. um I, I think it was a, you know this one or yeah, some, something you like know this. this one. Come right? on, Ray, you know this one. <laughs> <laughs> yes, <laughs> uh, that was perfect. Uh, in, in, back to nitpicking land. I feel like, and I think I might have mentioned this. It almost feels like they they made this movie, and they it's like they must have had Bill Murray for like a day. Like we got Bill for a day. We we gotta do we gotta do the Sigourney scene and we gotta do this scene with the other Ghostbusters because like it seemed like they were on a set when the three guys showed up. It did not look like that's my only thing that I and this is just me my eye the way I the way I viewed it. It didn't seem like they were in Canada filming that. You know what I mean? <laughs> but it, it was beautiful and I do I do like when. The, and I love too how like they all three went right to the finishing move of crossing the streams to defeat yeah. Gozer. Mm-hmm. They just went right to it. They all three like lighted up. They they kind of huddled in. They went right to the the finishing move. But Gozer was ready for it this time. Well, because I kind of dug that effect of like how the stream was like a rope and you could break from yeah. it. You know, that was a cool addition to the to the lore of the Ghostbusters. I thought. I, I and was, they did that with Muncher too. I, I was it was kind of curious to me because I'm like okay in the original one, you know they crossed the streams at Gozer's temple like they didn't that was because uh, like okay so you're gonna I mean I get that you're doing the same thing and you're gonna fire right. him at Gozer but I was like that was okay well you were gonna destroy the temple because that's the source of the power 
So it was, it yeah. was, and then it was because uh, one of the other things I wanted to try and pay attention to because every time it always seemed like, okay, I feel like when Phoebe, you know, when she does her thing and she's like, okay, it's me and Gozer, we're you know doing this one on one, you know, yeah. uh, that whole standoff. I was like, I feel like the three guys are on the other side of all that. So then you get that shot where it's like they're lined up, and I was like, but. I feel like in the geography of what was happening here, they weren't <laughs> yeah. next to each other. Like that was like, I feel like they're like here quickly no, no. run over to that and side. It did and seem stand like next. they just kind of came out of nowhere too. Like I know Winston's a billionaire now, but like they just sort of appeared like there was no <laughs> helicopter or cars or anything. They came like, they just, yeah, Winston, they walked Winston's out of Uber the just dropped field. them off and then and it was <laughs> field of dreams. Like they just kind of the way he did. And they haven't really yeah. spoken to him at all. How they even know where to go? <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, and that, that's the kind of nitpicky stuff. But yeah, I just but choose whatever. to try and not let it. It is what it is. I'm so happy to have what we got. Yeah, and, and to see yeah. them all four lined up, and you got all the different reactions. I mean, we touched upon it already, but you know, Winston looks like wow. Oh my god! Like there's th- that's that's Egon, and you know, Peter's like, eh. and then Ray's just like so so he's so sorry about what happened you know like they just i loved all their like you said nick they all went right back into their characters so effortless effortlessly Mm -hmm. that was part of it like i just they all reacted exactly how they should have and that's awesome and i i just love how we got that scene with the original guys and um i really dug when they were at the end when they were doing like and who's in the movie and then they said Sigourney Weaver. Did you guys have a moment like me where you're like, wait a minute, was Sigourney Weaver like in the movie and then makeup or something? I didn't, but I, then immediately the they showed the role and I was like, well, wait a second. <laughs> <laughs> Where's Dana? <laughs> it was like, I knew she, cause I had watched an interview with her about something else she was doing. I think something she did for Netflix. Yeah. And cause I think I watched it because it said something about Ghostbusters. Um, and she's talking to this guy and going over all these different projects she's working on. It's like, I know she's in this. Like, yeah, she talked about being in this movie. And I'm like, okay, I've really cut? paid attention to this. <laughs> I'm like, uh, <laughs> no I'm, way. I'm they really would cut paying her. attention. And I don't, I'm like, it's with the Sigourney Weaver, I mean, because it wouldn't make any sense to do the cameo and be like, did you catch it? Like, <laughs> no. Yeah. What was she in here? No, right. And, and like each, each actor has just like, you know, like look, they're just like varying levels of how good they look for their age. Like I thought Bill looked horrible. Like he looked like he come, like he looked like he was in makeup, like zombie makeup or something. He looked so old. Winston looked, you know, Ernie Hudson looked great. Um, I, I thought Dan Aykroyd looked okay. He looked decent for his, for his age and, you know, not being in movies and film any more than he is nowadays. But she looked Sigourney great. looked phenomenal. Oh my god! Yeah, she looked phenomenal. <laughs> she was great. I do. Uh, I do have to. I, honestly, I do just genuinely have to crap on Rick Moranis because there's no yeah, reason that he. Yeah, wasn't we in have to do this now. Like, I don't understand why he wasn't in it. For yeah, for they him had to, to say have offered like, him a part. Because uh, his response was, "There's no reason to do it." I'm like, "How about a generation of people that loved you because you were Lewis Tullis, Lewis Tully?" Yeah. How about? show up on set for 20 minutes. I was like, if you can do a mint mobile commercial with Ryan Reynolds, yes, you can do a two minute uh, cameo in Ghostbusters afterlife because everybody else is in it. 
I can only offer one possible explanation, and I don't know anything. I haven't read anything, but he got jumped in New York or someplace uh, randomly by some dude, uh, just assaulted him for no reason. I guess he saw that it was Rick Moranis and and just assaulted him. And it maybe just saying, can just throwing it out there. Maybe that happened around the time they would have put his scene in, and he just did not want to be in the spotlight. Yeah, or was soured him on it. Yeah, yeah. That's the only reason I can think that he just wouldn't be in it. And that's like you said to your point, Adam. Like he was in a commercial with Ryan Reynolds hawking, you know low rent cell phone service like whatever like i'm sure it's a good product or whatever you know but it's not sprint or t-mobile or verizon or at&t you know well Um, it's like cricket speaking (laughs) of cameos though there there was one cameo that did not happen that I, i was actually surprised yet kind of glad in a way that didn't happen mm-hmm. was that there was no slimer whatsoever that that really yes. kind of surprised me that they didn't include slimer but at the same time i think it was a good thing because yeah. they would, yeah. wouldn't really make sense right right yeah the mini puffs alone didn't make any sense yeah. it was just neat to have them there so you're right. Having Slimer in and the Mini Puffs would have been a little too much fan service. I mean, the, I the Mini I mean, the Puffs were already... great, but when you sit yeah. there and think about it, it's like, you know, it, it yeah, it doesn't really make much sense. But I mean, it they makes were great, zero though. sense. They were awesome. I love how happy they were to be eaten. You know, they're like, yay! And they're just like set on fire. Uh, got blended up. One of them got like burned on fire, and they're like, yeah, yay. they're walking across the grill, all happy. And the one, the one is just so excited to become part of a s'more. It seemed like he's 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 like wrapping up in the graham cracker. And I putting, think of it as just like his blanket or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He totally did. And then the I, one, the blender. And like he, he, after he gets blended, like there's a little happy face. You see his face. Yeah, he's so excited. I I didn't notice it in any of the viewings. I, I saw it after the fact, but the one that steps on the grill and totally melts. If yeah. you pay close attention at the very last second before it's gone, you see him do a thumbs up like Terminator Two. <laughs> yeah, I read about that. I didn't see it myself. Uh, I, I didn't that. see that. But yeah, I was like, oh, that's great. I mean, they. it feels like they were in there just to sell some toys. I mean, in th- this movie was small enough and had a low enough budget to where they weren't, you know, like you always hear these stories about, uh, uh, what, what's a, what's an example of, uh, oh, like Batman and, or the Batman and Robin, like this movie was just to sell toys. They made me put oh, yeah. crap in just to sell a toy. So this movie was small enough and low budget enough to where they weren't interfered, but that totally felt like a, we got to get the mini puffs in. We have to get the mini puffs in. Uh, and it and it's cute, and I thought they looked great. But I, I hear you on the Slimer thing, Nick. I, maybe maybe I've heard speculation that they might try and include, like for the sequel, possible sequel. Like maybe they'll get, uh, uh, you know, the Vigo the Carpathian in or something. You yeah. know, like maybe maybe they can bring a little something to Slimer in, but, or mean, have an you know, ecto like drink, the, I don't, or high C. I don't know. <laughs> the all female Ghostbuster movie. I mean that that at the end of that where they kind of shoehorned in Slimer. That was just kind they of did. a groaning they did. moment for me. Like yeah, it was it was. And they had to have was. a female like, Slimer for that. And and all the only purpose sucked. for him yeah. to even be there was to joyride around in the ecto one. And it was just like uh, yeah, really. 
that movie went off the rails. I mean, it deserves some of the hate for sure, but th- this had, other than the mini puffs, I feel like it didn't have. And I know, that, like I said earlier at the top of the show, it has like only a 63 Rotten Tomato score, which is, it's decent. But a lot of the critics, I remember really, really trying hard not to get spoiled by any of the early, because the movie, I feel like it got, the, the embargo lifted really early for this movie. And there were tons and tons of clickbaity articles where, you know, like nostalgia done wrong and people were going to have their opinions. And that seems to be the biggest criticism a lot of people have is like, there's just too many of those moments. So it's good they didn't bring Slimer and they left some stuff out. Um, <clears throat> let's see what else is there. I, I want to, the last thing I want to talk about guys, before we end this is what Nick, what, what would you like to see going forward in a possible sequel? Like, what is it that you would be happiest to see? What, what is the future for this franchise for you going forward? Um, yeah, I'd, I'd like to see Winston mentor these kids or, or maybe even, Maybe not these kids, but maybe just more new recruits. I, I don't know. But, um, you know, it seemed to end with Winston, you know, taking the Ecto-1 and going back to New York. And, and mm-hmm. I, I'd like to see him be a mentor for um, some new Ghostbusters. That's a good one. Uh, Adam, what, what would you like to either that or is there something else that you would really like to see going forward? Yeah, I think um, I think that would be I mean, I think they've you know broken some some really solid ground there. And especially with uh, with Finn Wolfhard and McKenna Grace, uh, I think both of them. I mean, Finn probably has uh, is I mean, still an up, up and coming star, but he's done a number of things. McKenna Grace, I think, is definitely. Uh, somebody that we're going to continue to see more and more things. So I think, and, and you know, the kid that played podcast, I mean, I, I, I don't see how you leave him out of a, of a, a future installment. Oh, no. um, but I, I think, I think it would be cool, especially to take the story in the direction of, uh, cause they had some really uh, convincing and, and genuinely kind of scary ghosts that they fought in the, um, the animated series. Cause I know they have another animated series that they're working on. Um, so, mm-hmm. I mean, I think, I mean, some of the ones like they did the boogeyman and they did Sam Hain and, um, they had some really decent ghosts that they, uh, that they fought in the animated series. And I think it would be kind of cool to tie that in, you know, in a way to this next generation of storytellers, like leaving it the way they did with that, you know, that red light flashing. It's like, okay if you know they were still busting ghosts for you know years a few years after we saw them in um in ghostbusters 2 it's like okay you're talking about the containment unit yeah right? the containment unit is like okay yeah, something okay. you know the the implication is there's going to be some kind of breakdown there and something gets yeah. out or something happens with that oh, i'm so glad they did that I'm so, so glad they did that. and it's very I, smart <laughs> when nick when you were leading up to the slimer i was like is he gonna say walter peck because I was like, oh, I, would, I would have loved to have seen a Walter Peck cameo. Thank you for bringing that up. I was going to mention Walter that. Peck would be great. Just get William. I mean, <laughs> this William Anderson doing has... anything. <laughs> like, so are you basically saying like you would rather them not do a Vigo and then focus more on like a rogues gallery of classic yeah, real I, Ghostbusters I think, villains? I think it would be cool. I think it would be cool to see you know, a whole new, um, I mean, a whole new in, in the respect of like ghosts we haven't seen. Cause there was, I mean, like mm-hmm. I know the episode, cause I want to say Sam Hain showed up in a couple of the animated episodes. Oh, he was in but his whole thing. Sure. Was, yeah. 
Yeah, and I, I want to. I think he was even in the extreme Ghostbusters he, too, wasn't he? He was, yes. Yeah, so uh, something like that was like he was kind of like a lord over smaller ghosts. I think there's, you know, they have some characters that are kind of canon that would be interesting. Uh, canon when you expand into the real Ghostbusters universe mm-hmm. would be interesting. Well, to they've see done them. that with the with the Gunner thing, right? I mean, yeah. they've, they've tapped into it already a little bit. Exactly. So I think it would be kind of interesting to see. I mean, there's a lot, there's a lot of material that they already have in that realm that if they wanted to simply, you know, tap into some of those resources, I mean, I think you could write, I think you could write, I mean, because with Sam Hain, like they kind of already had lore. Because I think even in the Tobin Spirit Guide book that they have, um, the, I want to say Sam Hain's in that book. I'm pretty sure he is, hmm. yeah. Yeah, so I think I mean that would be that would be a cool direction for me to, you know, tie the movies. I need to watch these. I need to watch the real Ghostbusters. Like I have the DVDs. I need to watch those because I have real fuzzy. Like I've watched them. I watched several of the episodes when they were new, but I haven't really seen any of them since. They hold. They guys have already like. Yeah, you guys have already vouched for the way they hold up. I mean, as compared to other '80s cartoons of the time yeah. like it holds up way better than like a he-man the first or few seasons i think because i think we have the same consensus when you get into slimer and the real ghostbusters yeah, that's just it, a lot more cartoony go downhill a little bit there yeah i think the, for me I, I i think those are good things i i would i would maybe it might be cool to see like an oscar as show up as some sort of um recruit maybe i mean yeah, he'd be an older i, I would guy definitely at this like point, to but. see oscar grown up now and yeah, that would as, be cool. You know, as cool as it would be to see Vigo return, I, I don't feel like we should do that immediately, though, right? I mean, it, it just it it's it's too well much with of all of these characters the that Adam just talked about. Yeah, Vigo again, one right. right after the other. Yeah, yeah, it might be a mistake to do that. Like maybe 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 at the end of the second one, if there's a second one and it's successful, maybe you could hint at a Vigo, but don't go right back to him right away. Um, Gozer is cool. Like Gozer makes sense and the story makes sense. I liked it, um, but those are those are all really good points. Um, uh, Logan, what would you like to see in the like in another Ghostbusters movie in the future? Like what what is something that you think would be cool? I feel like. As the kids, I feel like if they, like, as the kids would grow up, they would forget about it a little bit. And then, you know how, like, it shows the years that all the events happen? Yeah. kind of shows, like, a cut scene of um, a number, uh, a date just magically appearing on it. And one day they take a trip to, like, New York or something. Mm-hmm. And they notice that there's a whole bunch of ghosts. And they hmm. go back to get every, get ready for the war. So you're really expanding and really thinking about it. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. That's cool. As someone who doesn't have any sort of point of reference for any of the cartoons, like you're really going for that. I mean, that's interesting. I could see that. Cool. Well, yeah, that's what, like what I wanted to see. Them. Don't forget the microphone, buddy. I feel like that's what I was wanted to see the most. Okay. Cool. All right, guys. Well, is there anything that um, I missed or skipped over that you all want to uh, mention or bring up before we uh, round this up? Not that I can think of. Yeah, I think we, I think we seems like I think we did service to this uh, this new installment pretty well. Yeah, I think so too. Without going like beat per you know beat by beat through all the scenes in the movie, I think we touched on all of the all the good stuff. I I, I liked. I enjoyed Callie. I thought her character was, you know, 
was good. I, you know, a lot in a lot of movies like this, that mom character could have just been there and not a part of the movie, but she, she, she served a purpose, I think, and could serve a, a bigger role in future movies. I, I'd like to see Paul Rudd continue to show up in movies, future movies, if they could get him. It feels like they wouldn't. Yeah. He wouldn't show up in future movies, mm-hmm. but maybe. And uh, I agree. Like there needs to be a kind. Like I, I want. Dan Aykroyd needs to be involved. I feel like in this, uh, in the any future, because he puts so much into all of it from the beginning, from right from the beginning. So if not Winston, maybe Ray, maybe Ray with Ray's a cult, or even get some of the extreme Ghostbuster characters. Like I know there was like the female oh, Ghostbuster uh, yeah, who worked I, at I Ray's a cult. To see a version of uh, uh, Kylie, I think her name is from Extreme Ghostbusters. Yeah. That that'd be great. Mm-hmm. Right, right. Work her in somehow, just just so that like there. I mean, there's more to be tapped. Uh, but other otherwise, I mean, two thumbs up for me. Like, I love this movie. I'm so happy. I got, you know, you know how like Adam and I, we were both very excited with uh, Bill and Ted face the music. It really touched a lot of the same kind of oh, feels. Yeah. Mm-hmm. The vibe was good. This this is even way better even than that. So. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I really dig what they did. I'm happy. I'm, I can't wait to see it again. I hope we don't have to wait a real long time to see it digitally. I hope it's, has any of you, have any of you heard any kind of release date for when we'll get to see it digitally? Has no. Sony made any kind of announcement? I, I, no, I, I, so, I, Sony, because Sony just, uh, I want to say it was this week, just released Venom. Um, it might have been last week. So that's too Let's see. Uh, Venom comes out. Mm, on I came out Indian. in October, right? Yeah. So. Uh, so they're they're doing the standard with that, where it's a few weeks okay. before the DVD release. So okay. hopefully this one. I, I mean, I, let's see. That would put it probably somewhere in like uh, late January, early February, maybe. Okay. Uh, yeah, I, I could, I could, I could live with that. I mean, they're not gonna. They're in no hurry to get it out of theaters. Obviously, they're not gonna. Yeah. Make, you know, they don't want to uh, sabotage you know, theatrical release, like tickets. Like I know there's, there's Spider-Man coming out and that's yeah. going to dominate. Like you might as well take it out of theaters. When Spider-Man hits, nobody's going to see Ghostbusters after. Oh that, yeah. But Spi- I mean, the pre-sale numbers on Spider-Man are already, I mean, through the like roof. The, yeah. They're, the, they're like, they're like pre pandemic levels of hype. <laughs> yeah. I mean like the, the, I want to say like the Thursday, the Thursday, the quote unquote opening Thursday pre-sales were already at like $35 million. That's impressive. Yeah. That's going to be good. That's going to be a good one. We'll definitely have to talk about that one when it comes out. All right. Well, uh, I'm very happy that we were able to all assemble uh, to talk about this. Uh, Nick, thank you so much for joining us uh, on the show. Uh, Logan, you did phenomenal. Congratulations, buddy. Way to go for your first ever podcast episode. I'm so happy that you on your own said can i do this and i was like yeah absolutely so good job logan i'm just really glad i could be here and that's all i really have to say all right uh for for everyone else uh for my co-host to the north i've been ron avis and uh we'll see you next time on the cinemasters so long everybody